they joke the same way. Praise the Lord. What a joy and blessing it is to come together with you. In all of our different backgrounds, different ages, different preferences, we can come together and agree on one thing. Jesus is Lord and worthy to be praised. Amen? I'd like to um, invite you all to open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 14 and Romans 8, because I'm not going to have much of the scripture on the slides for you today. There are Bibles in front of you as well. John 14 and Romans 8. You can mark that with a piece of paper, a pencil, your finger. John 14 and Romans 8. And as we get started, let me read this from John 15, 26 to you. In the Christian Standard Bible, it reads like this. When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father... The spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. Today is Pentecost Sunday. That's the seventh Sunday after Easter. And Pentecost means the 50th day. And it's a celebration 50 days after Easter of remembrance and of celebration and acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles, coming upon Jesus' followers. We don't always celebrate the liturgical calendar or Pentecost, but I did just want to take a skip forward in John and recognize Pentecost today. I saw we talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit, the blessing he is to all of our lives, the great gift he is, Christ's gift to us, Christ's gift to us. And if you're following along now in your Bibles, in John chapter 14, starting at verse 15, We read this, if you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Skipping forward to verse 25, we continue with this thought and see, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. There's already so much I can go into, but I just want to start by saying this is not an all-inclusive sermon or sermon series on the Holy Spirit. I have roughly 15 to 20 minutes, and we're going to go over just just a few points of Christ's gift to us. What does the Holy Spirit do for the believer? How is he a gift from Christ to us? We've been in this John series now for five weeks, and already my wife was giving me a hard time because I'm I'm getting off track, but I told her, I promise, we're staying in John. We're just letting John trampoline us or bounce us into Romans 8 as we talk about the Holy Spirit. We focus on Christ's gift to us. To all of his followers, we have a great gift in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a supernatural ability to serve. He gives us spiritual gifts that allow us to have a significant impact on other people and for God's kingdom. All through God's power, his plan, his purpose. He brings understanding to our life. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor for us. He's a counselor. He's a teacher, and he is a great gift. 
This only to list a few of the blessings that the Holy Spirit brings to our life. This week, we're just quickly going to look to a few things the Holy Spirit brings. The Bible says that God richly, in Titus 3, 6, that God richly pours out the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Holy Spirit is Christ's generous gift, and you choose to accept him, and you choose to receive him by faith. What a great blessing we have. In Romans 8, we find that this means that he's a wonderful gift that brings freedom from condemnation. Let me read to you from Romans 8, 1 to 2. If you're following along, you flip over that part, you thumb marked, you put a pencil, whatever. Romans 8, 1 to 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Point number one is simple, simply this. Point number one is the Spirit delivers. Starting from the beginning, the Spirit, Christ's gift to us. In the Spirit, we find deliverance. And we must welcome, acknowledge, and celebrate God's Spirit into our life. He still today delivers us. Christ delivers us and gives us His Spirit, which delivers us into new life. He liberates us from the law. He releases us from bondage, from condemnation to the law and to sin. We have freedom. We don't, we don't always live like it, but we do. We have freedom. We've been liberated, and we can rejoice in him. I want to share with you a quote today, which is very meaningful, and I posted this to my Facebook and Instagram account. If you want to look at it more later, contemplate it. But it says this by Oswald Chambers, the spirit of God is always the spirit of liberty, freedom. The spirit that is not of God is the spirit of bondage. The spirit of oppression and depression. The spirit of God convicts vividly, intensely, but he is always the spirit of liberty. Even in that conviction, it is for the purpose to bring about liberty and freedom through him, in him. God who made the birds never made bird cages. It is men who make bird cages. And after a while, we become cramped and can do nothing but chirp and stand on one leg. Have we placed ourselves in bondage? Have we placed ourselves in bird cages? I believe that's where a lot of people are today. We create our own bondage. We feel cramped and trapped because we're trying so hard to be good by the world standards. And try to be good and impress somebody that knows we can never be good enough. And he just wants us to plead, to cry out, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. We try to impress our parents, spouse, and God. But we have this wrong impression of God. We have this impression of a mean, wrathful God that's always frowning on us. But no, he's rejoicing and saying, it's okay. Accept Christ, follow after him as Lord, and be saved. It's not about what we do, it's about what he did. He goes on to say something, and I paraphrased it, saying that we must get in God's free life for you and discover the freedom that God means you to live in. God desires us to live in freedom. The Spirit delivers. And hear this, how the Spirit delivers is through grace, through mercy, through faith, God is not like a Santa Claus or an employer who bases his gifts off performance or behavior. Yes, he knows. Santa Claus checks the list twice. God always knows. 
But he's not basing our freedom upon ourselves, our performance. He's basing our freedom upon Christ, who already died, already provided the sacrifice. In Ephesians 1, 3, 3, we see that God has already blessed every believer with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Christ. That song we sang this morning was saying, in Christ, not ourselves, in Christ. Do you believe? Do you follow after Christ? Do you acknowledge and celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit and how he delivers us from condemnation to freedom? We've been liberated. We have liberty. And we don't need to be stuck in a birdcage any longer. Sin need not control you. Nothing needs to control you of this world. But there's one thing which we should submit to, and that's God and his word. It should live in us and it should live through us. We are delivered to salvation, but we're also delivered to righteous living. Righteous living. You see, you become a better person, not by operating in your own strengths, but by operating the strengths of deliverance, the deliverance of a Holy Spirit, the deliverance of Christ, the deliverance of a holy and almighty, all-powerful, creative God who loved you so much that he sent Christ, his son, to die for us yet while we were still sinners. And number two, as we move forward fast this morning, the Spirit delivers, but the Spirit also dwells. The Spirit indwells inside of you. And in this indwelling, we find powerful living. If you're taking notes, let me say that again. In the Spirit's indwelling is powerful living. And we must receive him and allow him to work. As Pentecost Sunday is a day which we recognize, we acknowledge, we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming upon Christ's followers, we also acknowledge, we celebrate, we remember the Holy Spirit coming upon you coming upon me. And in this, he indwells within us. Welcome him into your life as a new home. Romans 8, 5 to 9, if you're looking down at your Bibles, it says this, for those who live, again, Romans 8, 5 to 9, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Everyone who belongs to Christ has the spirit of Christ dwelling within him. If you've trusted in Christ Jesus as Lord, as Savior of your life, you have the spirit within you. You've been blessed with a great gift from Christ. The problem isn't that the spirit isn't within you. He's there. The problem is that we don't acknowledge him. I have a pet peeve when I see church worship services lifting their arms. I lift my arms, but when they say, Spirit, come into me. Spirit, come upon me. Because the Spirit's already there. What we should pray and pray and pray and pray again is, Spirit, make your presence known. Help me to remember. Help me to acknowledge. Help me to celebrate the great blessing we have in you. 
Literally, the spirit indwells you. He makes a home within you. He's there forevermore. He doesn't check out and check in like some hotel visit or a bed and breakfast. He's there all the time. Those without the, the Holy Spirit in their life have their mind set on the things as sinful, uh, of a sinful nature and desires which go along with such, things which destroy us and things which do not please God. That's what this Romans 8, 5 to 9 says. And it's challenging to us because it also convicts us to say, are we more focused on the things of the world or the things of God? Are we more focused on the things and desires of the flesh or the things of God? Because if we're more focused on the things of the flesh, then we must question ourselves, do we truly have the Spirit in us? Have we truly followed after Christ as we should and accepted him as Lord? If you haven't, I challenge you to do it today. Don't take another day. But those who have the Holy Spirit living in them and in accordance with him, living according to the things of the Spirit on things that bring life and peace, that is the thing that pleases God. And let me tell you, it pleases God every single day of of his life, every single day of your life, living according to his ways, his righteous ways. Another thing, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in your life helps to keep the negativity from controlling you because we have these gifts to remember, to rejoice of, the hope. We need not be controlled by a world that's so focused on on futures which are of misery because we know that our future is one of proclamation and proclaiming Christ as Lord forevermore. We can rejoice as this world is not all there is. One pastor quoted, I wanted to say it, that we should welcome him and gain a different attitude about life. Welcome God's indwelling spirit and gain the assurance of a different destiny, a different future. Do you live that way? Christ's spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is living within you. He's placed a home within you and he can change your attitude. He can change your life and he can remind you that we have a different destiny, a different future, one full of hope and joy. Romans 8, looking back at that scripture before you, Romans 8, 10 to 11 states, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Not only is your spirit alive because of Christ Jesus in you, but one day the Holy Spirit will give life to your mortal bodies. Your dead and dying body will be changed forever and it will be raised from the dead with a new life that will never end. And because of Christ and his gift of the spirit dwelling in us, we have hope for new life, a forever life with God. Let's move on to point number three. The final point, the spirit directs. The spirit directs, God's spirit leads us. Christ's gift, this great gift we have in the spirit directs and leads our life every single day. He provides a way for righteous living. Romans 8, 12 to 14, looking back down at your word of God says, so then brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, 
you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. To quote again that, the Spirit leads us to put to death the deeds of the body. Live according to his direction. Live according to his leading and see that you are a son of God. We are children of the utmost high God. And as he helps us to be sons of God, he helps us to live according to his righteousness. We need not be controlled by the flesh. We need not give in to the flesh because we have something better living within us. But we must acknowledge him, celebrate him, remember him. Don't try and live life on your own. Don't try and live life according to the old self. But remember that you have been made new. Let the spirit direct and lead. I'm told that many alcoholics and other addicts have accountability partners through recovery. They call them safe people or rocks to talk to, to lean on, and to be challenged by, to be encouraged by. And these people, they steer them away from trouble. See, that's what the Holy Spirit is to us. So much more. Again, I can't, I can't summarize everything about the Holy Spirit within one sermon. But the Holy Spirit is a rock to us. He's a great encourager. He's a great challenger. He's a great convictor. He's a great teacher. He's a great counselor. But just as an alcoholic, just as an addict trying to, trying to go through recovery and be successful and not give back into these, these things of the flesh, they need to go to that accountability per, person. They need to go to that rock. They need to remember that rock, and we need to remember the Holy Spirit. Every believer has a rock within them. A friendly face, a voice, a safe person who steers us away from trouble, from sin. He's a challenger, a helper, an encourager, and he equips us for godly living. Don't keep saying I'm not good enough because he equips you. He equips you. All you need to do is be dependent on him, remember him, acknowledge him, celebrate him. He is always a sober companion waiting to drive you home. He is a sober companion waiting to drive you home. So receive the Spirit, welcome Him into your life. See the deliverance which He gives you. See how He dwells within you. See how He directs and leads your path. Listen to Him and rejoice. Romans 8, finally, says this in verse 15 to 17, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Notice that we don't need to fall back into fear says, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I want to work to close and conclude with this idea. You see, the Holy Spirit leads us to call God Father. But he doesn't just lead us to call him. He helps us to relate to him as such as well. We can cry out that God is father, his daddy. We can cry out to him as Abba. Now that's a term of endearment, of closeness, of intimacy. And I have an example here for you. And please don't take offense by this. 
but hear me, hear the meaning behind it. If you call me Pastor Patrick, chances are you might know a little bit about me, but maybe you don't know me as close as somebody that just calls me Patrick or Pat. Or maybe you, you desire to know me that way, but you just haven't felt led in that way or you haven't come to me in that way yet. If so, I welcome you to do so. But then you also have those who call me Father, who call me Daddy, or who call me Dada. What joy that brings to my ears. And some of you have been there. That's what God desires for you to do to him. God desires you to not just know him as God, as Lord. We must do that. We must have a right, a right image of God in our head and all his supremacy, all his sovereignty, all his power. But through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, through Christ's gift to us, we also have this ability of seeing him as father. And that's a term of closeness. He desires for us to cry out to him in all days of life, all walks of life. When we're on those mountaintops or when we're in those valleys, we remember that the Lord walks beside us. His rod and staff, they comfort us. And we can cry out, Father, help me. Father, help me. In the spirit of God, he vouches for us. He intercesses for us. He counsels us. He delivers us. He dwells within us. He directs us. Amen? The Holy Spirit wants us to know God closely, but my question for you is, do you feel like you know him closely? Because if not, I call on you today to call upon the Lord today. If you've never asked him to save you, if you've never asked Jesus to come upon your life, come into your life and deliver you from sin and deliver you into his righteousness if you've ever asked his forgiveness for your sinful life and to just ask him to help you to turn around, recognize the Lord, Jesus as Lord, I ask you to do it today. Or if you've done that, but you just feel like you're not truly living as you should, you're not recognizing his great power, you're not recognizing that you're no longer condemned, you've been liberated. And I call upon you today to call upon the Lord. Say, Lord, Jesus, save me. Father, hear me. Daddy, I plead with you today. Hear me. Help me to realize I'm not condemned. And help me to proclaim that Jesus is Lord over my past, Lord over my present, Lord over my future. Remember Christ's gift, the Holy Spirit. Celebrate and acknowledge him. Celebrate him that he has delivered you. He has indwelled within you and he guides you. He directs you. He leads you. And not just today, but forevermore. Let's close in prayer and we'll have one final song. Lord, we thank you for your good. Your mercies endure forever. And part of that, Lord, is giving us your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blessing of the Spirit. Spirit, we thank you for indwelling within us, delivering us, and Lord, guiding us. We thank you for being a great counselor and not just in times of need, but in times of goodness as well. May we listen to you. May we remember you. May we acknowledge and celebrate you. May you not be the forgotten God, but may you be the remembered and celebrated God. And not just today, but every day of, your, of our lives. Amen.
Praise the name indeed. You may be seated. I don't do this often. I like us to leave with this on our mind, but I did have just a couple quick more announcements to remind you as you leave. I know so often by the time you leave, you forget everything that was announced. So another joke is from Babylon B, which is a satire joking website, and it has a husband and wife. And the wife's oh, frustrated, her hands are, her face is in her palms, her hands, and it says, husband blindsided by the event his wife only told him about every day for the past month. And then in the comments, it says, that was tonight, why didn't you ever mention it? Well, again, I encourage you as you leave, remember to look in your bulletins. I'd like to encourage you as you go to lunch, whether that be a Hardee's or at North Park gathering together. I know many of us go there to picnic after church. Wherever you go, maybe this can be your lunch conversation is just go through it and think, oh, do we want to go to this? Do we want to go to um, the ladies' Bible study? Do we want to go to youth group at the Carlson cabin? Do we want to go to Main Street ba- uh, Bible study at Main... The Men's Bible Study at Main Street Cafe, 7.30 a.m. Thursday. How about the church work day? We should all do that. How about vacation Bible school coming up on August 8th through the 11th? We should all help with that. Um, Lastly, before you leave, I just want to challenge you. Remember the youth group, the junior hires who are traveling and in Iowa on their mission trip? Keep them in prayer. Thank you. Let me pray as we leave. Lord, we thank you for you are good. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love. We thank you for we are saved through grace and faith alone. We can all be freed, liberated, need not be contained in a birdcage any longer.